Welcome to the latest message in our Words for Life podcast, which highlights the teaching ministry of Liberty Heights Church. Today's sermon is a short devotional delivered in preparation of celebrating the Lord's Supper as part of LHC's annual Thanksgiving service. In this message, we explore the statement that Jesus made in John chapter 6 when he said, I am the bread of life. Join Pastor Brad Cunningham as he asks the question, are we seeking satisfaction from creation or from the Creator? Fifty-eight years ago, an extremely popular song uh, hit the airwaves, and its simple uh, message resonated with lots of hearts who were battling uh, discontentment uh, in their lives and probably still are today. And that song uh, was by the Rolling Stones, and it's titled, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Anybody grew up listening to that song? You're like, I'm in church, I don't want to admit that, right? Listen, here's a fascinating thing about the Rolling Stones, and you trust me because I'm a pastor, I went to seminary, right? Did you know this? Keith Richards was actually on the ark. Did you know that? Four? Is that old? And other than the fact that the song contains a, a double negative uh, in the title, it's a pretty catchy song, and most of us uh, probably know that song, and I won't sing it for you for your benefit, but, but here's the reality, the truth that song points to, and I think hit a, hit a nerve in culture during that moment. Uh, satisfaction is something that all of us are looking for. The question is not, does our heart desire satisfaction? The question is, where is our heart searching for uh, satisfaction? Our hearts are hardwired to pursue satisfaction and always to want more of it. And all of our pursuits of satisfaction this morning are going to fall into one of two categories. You're going to look for satisfaction for your heart in the creation or you're going to find it in the creator. And so today as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table, I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles, your devices, and turn with me to John chapter 6. And here in John chapter 6, Jesus is using an illustration to, to teach a bigger spiritual truth to tell them that, hey, he alone was designed by God to satisfy the longing of human hearts. And so as you're turning there, uh, let me give you a little context there uh, in the book of John. Jesus had uh, just something done something that blew their minds. Uh, Jesus had just taken uh, the loaves and fish and uh, fed 5,000 in Texas, 5,000 men. So we don't know how many women and children were added to that. Uh, so Jesus just did this incredible uh, miracle. And so in that day, uh, bread could be a little hard to, to come by. And so you can imagine the buzz that's taking place, the word starts getting out of what Jesus did and, and, and the impact of that uh, miracle. And so naturally, uh, as people are gathering around him, they're wondering, hey, if he just did that, uh, what else can he do for me? And so the crowd goes looking for Jesus. Beginning in verse 25, let's take a look at the scene when the crowd finally catches up with him. John chapter 6, beginning verse 25, says this. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father, has set his seal. Skip down to verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, whoever believes in me shall never thirst, verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. 
This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now, uh, in this moment, uh, Jesus does what theologians call a Jesus juke. Do you know what that is? Like all of a sudden people are coming to Jesus. They think they're going to get one thing and Jesus says, oh, surprise. You thought you were coming for this benefit or this reason, but I'm just uh, using that to draw you in so that I can actually point you to a, a bigger truth. And the truth that Jesus was pointing them to was, hey, listen, just like bread can satisfy the longings of the outer man, he says, I am the bread of life that alone was designed to satisfy the longings of the uh, inner man. And so, so here they're all focused on the lunch menu, and Jesus said, hey, guess what? The thing that you've been looking for is me. I'm here. I'm the bread of life. Anyone who eats of this bread will be satisfied, and they will never die, is what the text says. And so they're seeking satisfaction in the creation. They're following him around. They're pursuing him to the other side of the water, not, not so they can get more of his teachings, not so they can understand eternal life, but because they just want the longings of their physical needs satisfied and wondering what else could they do. And so they're focused on the, the temporal needs of a growling stomach, and Jesus uses that to illustrate what their greatest need is, is him and the eternal life that's found uh, in him. And so Jesus comes right and shares them. Verses 38 and verse 35 and 48, he says, I am the bread of life. And so here's what he's saying. You're so enamored, so caught up that I gave bread that filled your stomach uh, that if you're not careful, you're going to miss the bigger point of what that's pointing to, that I alone can satisfy your soul. And he teaches that principle by calling himself the bread of life. Now, what is Jesus saying? There's seven I am statements in the Bible that Jesus says, I am, and he filled in the blank. And so I am the bread of life, that's one of them. What does Jesus mean when he's saying that he is the bread of life? And so I think the meaning there is twofold. Number one, he's essential for eternal life. Jesus is declaring, hey, just like you need physical food to sustain your temporal, material life, that I alone can satisfy, I'm essential for your eternal life. Acts chapter four, verse 12 says this, and there is no salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so Jesus says, hey, just like the food satisfies your physical body, I alone can satisfy the need that your sin be paid for. So one, he's speaking about he's essential for eternal life. But, but then secondly, he's also uh, declaring his deity. Now, deity is just a big Bible word for Jesus proclaiming that he was, in fact, God in the flesh. In John's gospel, Jesus declares seven different times these uh, I am statements. And, and for that crowd, that they knew the Old Testament language, right? And so for them, they would have said, hey, when he says I am, that's the same language they would have known that God uses to declare uh, about himself. In Exodus chapter 3, when Moses says, hey, who, who are you? Who do I tell the people you are? And he says, I am who I am. And so for some of them, that was shocking, blasphemous. But for others, it was the greatest thing they'd ever heard because they had been longing and anticipating the arrival of the Messiah. And so Jesus says, I am here. And so just in case, he says, if you're not picking up what I'm laying down, he, he goes back and points back to an Old Testament illustration, back uh, to an experience their fathers had in the wilderness. And they're wandering in the wilderness 
for a long season because of disobedience. They, they cannot go into the promised land because even though the, the land's already been given to them, it's already been promised to them, they're not ready to go in spiritually, so they go through a long season of wandering in the wilderness while God is working on their hearts. And, and in that season, Jesus reminded me, he says, hey, remember that? Remember that season that when the Father rained down manna from heaven? Which, by the way, the word manna there in the Hebrew, write this down. In the English, translated, White Castle. Write that down. Very important. He says, remember that? He says, remember how the Father sustained you when you were wandering because of your sin and disobedience? He sustained you with bread from heaven. Jesus uses that to say, hey, just like right now, you're wandering spiritually because of your own sin and disobedience. But here's the difference. Uh, I am the bread of life that God has come, that I am your provision to sustain you from the sin and disobedience that you've committed against the Father. He says, uh, this is a way of escape. Just like the manna came down from heaven as God's provision for your fathers because of their disobedience, he's saying, I'm God's provision coming down from heaven also because of provision for your disobedience. But then he makes a distinction. He says, but here's the bad news. He says, as great as that experience was, I mean, can you look, imagine looking out and you're hungry and coming down out of heaven is manna from heaven. Scripture says like a coriander seed. So I mean, just raining. Can you imagine how great that was? Jesus says, as great as that was, here's the problem. All those folks who saw that and were wowed by it, they're in the cemetery. He said, because they ate of this bread, but yet they still died. He said, here's the difference. Even though that's pointing to Jesus and his provision for sin from the Father, just like the manna was, that's a picture pointing to Jesus. I don't know if you know this or not. Jesus is the focus of the entire Bible, just not the New Testament. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to the coming of Christ. and the New, it's the revealing of Christ, culminated with the return of Jesus Christ. Praise God. He said, but here's the difference. Whoever eats this bread... We'll never die. They'll never experience what Revelation calls the second death. They'll live eternally with Jesus Christ. And so two thoughts to meditate from this passage as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper this morning. Here's question, thought number one. Are you interested in who Jesus is or what he can do for you? They weren't pursuing Jesus because of who he was. They weren't totally interested in getting to know him and learning about this eternal life. What are they pursuing? Because he just did a miracle. He just did something incredible. And they said, wow, if he can do that, imagine how much else he could do. And so he goes to get away from the crowd and they pursue him, not to find out who he is, but to see what else can you do. And can I just share with you that we can be guilty of the same thing. Jesus answered in verse 26, truly, truly, I said to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs. In other words, not because what I did pointed you to something divine, verse 26, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He says, that, that's why you're running me down. We have to be very careful that our pursuit of Jesus is because we're seeking his face not his hand. We're seeking his presence, not just his provision. 
To seek God's face is to seek his character, truth, and his presence. Where to seek his hand is to seek provision for the circumstantial uh, answers uh, that we're wrestling with. And all. So here's the first thing I want to meditate on as we come to the Lord's table. Am I more interested in who, who Jesus is or what Jesus can do for me? Am I more enamored with his presence or just his provision? We don't have to wonder if that's there because Jesus said in verse 26, hey, you didn't come because what the sign pointed to who I am as the bread of life. You came because you're hungry. And so we have to wrestle through that same thing. Why are we pursuing Jesus? Is it because of who he is or what he can do? The second question we're going to meditate on this morning is simply this. Is Jesus the source of your satisfaction? The invitation day before we receive the Lord's Supper is come and believe. Believe that not only am I your answer for eternal life, but also believe that your ultimate satisfaction for your soul will only be found in me, the creator, not in a creation. And so Jesus, when he says, I'm the bread of life, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. What's that mean? He says, when you come into a right relationship with me, your heart will no longer long and have an appetite for things that can never satisfy because I alone am the bread of life. Now, what does that look like practically? There's an initial invitation to experience satisfaction in Jesus and salvation. When it comes to satisfying God's demand that sin be paid for or, or atoned for, listen, you've only got two options this morning. When it comes to your sin, you've only got two options of how that's going to be paid for. Uh, number one, either you can pay for your sin or you can accept Jesus' payment on your behalf on the Christ. The question is not if sin must be atoned for. The question is who's footing the bill. And so it's an initial invitation to experience satisfaction Jesus in salvation but also there's an ongoing everyday uh, invitation uh, abiding in him finding your greatest joy in his presence you ever look around the world and you just get discouraged you ever get online on the news and get discouraged and if you're like never listen here's what I know about you you drink a lot amen I look around, it's discouraging at times. You know what the Bible says? That the hope for joy is in my life. It's not a better set of circumstances. It's not a better world around me. It's not a better environment. The Bible says this in the psalmist, that Lord, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. We live in a fallen world. It's not going to get better until Christ returns. But here's the good news. Uh, this was never meant to satisfy my heart. In your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy is what the psalmist said. John Piper has a famous quote. He said this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And here's the reality. The Bible says in the Beatitudes, here's a promise. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness in, uh, in Christ uh, he says he promises to fill those. And, and the reality is simply this. Until you find your ultimate satisfaction in Jesus, you'll spend the rest of your life pursuing it and trying to find it in things that will never satisfy. You'll spend the rest of your life trying to find satisfaction in something that will not. And sadly, to quote the great prophet Mick Jagger, you will sadly find that you can't get no satisfaction. And you will try 
You will try, and you will try. But you'll be wasting your life working for food that perishes, to use the language of verse 30, verse 27. God has created Jesus alone to satisfy our hearts. That's why the end of verse 27 says this. Listen to this. For it's on him, Jesus, for it's on him, God has set his seal. What's that mean? That Jesus alone can satisfy sin's payment and Jesus alone can satisfy our hearts. How do I know that? Because it's the seal of God's approval for our satisfaction has been placed on Jesus alone is what verse 27 says. And the invitation he gave the crowd that day is the same one that he offers to the crowd today. Come and believe. Come and believe. And so I'm going to invite you to bow your heads as we begin to prepare our hearts for the Lord's table. And for some of you, preparing your hearts for the Lord's table is the reminder that what these elements represent, the body and blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on your behalf so that your sins can be forgiven. So for some of you, the invitation is come and believe that Jesus Christ really is the Savior you've been looking for. And so if you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ, would you pray right now and confess your sins before a holy God, declare that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose the third day so that you may have eternal life. And would you receive Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? Come and believe. For those of you who know Christ, the invitation to use the same. To come and believe that Jesus alone can satisfy your hearts.